guys, welcome to this week's episode of Project Esports for November 19th, 2018. It's almost Turkey Day, it's almost Black Friday, it's almost Cyber Monday, which I'm most excited about for all of our American listeners. Otherwise, you guys can just make fun of us for running over people on this upcoming Friday for shopping. But, are you going Black Friday shopping? Uh, no. Actually, I'm probably going to be doing, I forget what it's actually called, but like it's like a unplug day. Or you just go outside instead. I've never like is that actually like something that people have started no, I, doing? It's, it's actually it's actually a thing. Um, a lot of people go uh, to like national parks and go out hiking and stuff, and probably do that instead. I'm not like a big uh, shopping kind of person. Like I might pick up something on Amazon on Monday, yeah. but probably. No, yeah, no, I, I definitely, I actually never heard of that. I guess we're in Wisconsin and it's going to be like. 10 degrees on Friday, so no one oh, quite so wants to go outside, yeah. Yeah, so no one wants to go outside here. But James is gone. He's This is, what, week two of his four-week kind of break-off, but this is going to be his last one. Put in his two-week vacations from here on out. We're not going to have these long stretches, and we have two awesome guest hosts coming up the next couple weeks, but you have to tune in then to find out who they're going to be. But I'm super excited to have both of them on the show. But today is just going to be me and Dylan, which means there'll be a lot of arguing, lots of rants, Lots of times to get down into the conspiracy theories. I'm ready. I am, I am too. It's been a while. I missed you last week. It would have been a great week to have you on last week. But before we get into the news for today, I just want to remind each and every one of you that if you do have Amazon Prime, you do have Twitch Prime, which means you can connect the two, subscribe to the Game House's channel, get some moats. It helps us out. Um, if we ever go into subscriber-only chat or anything kind of like that, um, you don't have to worry about anything like that, so it all means the world to us. It's free each and every month if you have Amazon Prime, so why not connect the account, push the button right above Dylan's head right now, and help us out a little bit. But with that, you hear about that later again on the show, but let's jump into our first news story, which I guess it's news, but we're not a, it's not unexpected. The H1Z1 League is pretty much dead. H1Z1 Pro League has been officially canceled as of today. So this started, I mean, we talked about this probably way back in February or March, that the H1Z League um, was going to kind of start up as having a similar format to what the Overwatch League was, and it started in April. First split went fine, the numbers weren't great, anything kind of like that, and then the second split ended up being suspended. It was supposed to start on September 15th, it didn't start. I mean, obviously this is over two months later, and it still hasn't started. And today they announced that it is indefinitely suspended, Season 2 will not be renewed, and... Like I said, the league's dead. Um, what the bigger kind of problem with all of this is, is that they're not getting any of the money that they're promised. Each team was promised $400,000 for each split. It was supposed to be a two-split season. Um, they never got their money from split one, and then split two obviously being canceled, and the pay date was supposed to be like back in August. They didn't get that money as well. So that was, like I think, $125,000 per split was supposed to go to player contracts. And then seventy-five thousand is supposed to go towards players and housing. Like, I don't know. What do you think about all this? I mean, did we see this coming? Yes, but should they have at least had the money to pay that they're promised? I think so. Um, I guess any like esports lawyer can like dig into this and like really see what's going on and see if it was like actually promised or if it was more of like um, if funding goes through, we'll we'll pay this or whatever. But it's it's terrible. Unfortunately. Like, the unfortunate thing is that this isn't a common thing in esports, especially back yeah. in the day. Typically, you don't see this kind of thing happening anymore, but if there was any game I would expect this from, it would be H1Z1. Um, just because it's not 
the most popular uh, like battle royale game out there right now. The, the numbers have been declining a bunch, and I mean overall, just battle royale has battle royale hasn't been doing that great um, in terms of like keeping those peak peak numbers. So I I just really didn't see the league sustaining and sucks for the teams because they're losing out all that money and really screws over the players but i mean like we kind of called it back in February. yeah like we're, we both knew like it was just it came in too late it was i mean if they would have done it when their ho and z one was at the peak of the game like they maybe would have had a chance to stay in there and all that but at this point they came in way too late the game was already free to play they were really making much money from that they're a step behind PUBG in every format that's when PUBG was really big um, back early this year, like, I don't know. I mean, was there, is there any way that we could have, that we can come up with that this could have been sustainable? Was there ever a chance for this to be done? And if so, how? Um, don't promise $400,000. Okay. Um, Besides if, promising if $5 million in funding, because there's like teams like Cloud9, I'm pretty sure CLG, like there are some big names, there are 16 teams. Some of them were some of the big organizations that it may not hit as hard, but some of the smaller ones, this could this could be a huge hit for them because they paid all this money up front and now it's gone. Yeah, the, the sustainable thing would have been just scaling it back. Most esports are sustainable to a certain degree. It just depends on how much you promise. For a company that's, you know, putting on something that's like H1Z1, you can do that. You just can't promise all this money. Yeah, you probably won't get Cloud9 to play in your, your league and tournaments and stuff, but you can probably field some teams that are going to really enjoy it and want to put 100% into it. So, I mean, it's it's a it's a pick and choose. They chose to promise $400,000 to get, you know, teams like Cloud9, and it screwed them over because people don't really care about H1Z1 right now. Yeah, it's... I'm trying to think, like, you see, like, teams such as, we'll talk about later today, but, like, there could have been revenue options, too, that they included in-game. Like, I do think they did include, like, in-game team skins and stuff kind of like that, but I don't, I don't even know if they did that. I mean, there could have been ways no. of, like, revenue share and things such as that to maybe help out a little bit for the teams or kind of cover some of that cost for them. Like, I, I just think this was someone that... Investors saw the potential in Battle Royales because it was still early this year when they were just kind of starting to hit that peak, when they're really growing up to what they are now, which is a world phenomenon. And they're like, we need to invest in something. PUBG's not interested. Fortnite's not interested. So let's go back to H1Z1. They saw the potential, but then they didn't see any returns. And here we are. I mean, I would like to say that there's some super smart way that they could have done this, that they could have made the money, but... It's just not the right game, and I, this was really doomed to fail from the start because it was not the right game, and they're promising. They're going too big. They're trying to do the Overwatch League with, I, I don't even know what a comparison of just some generic, irrelevant first-person shooter would be. Like, it the was tribes. Just, what do you say? The Tribes. Yeah. So. Which, which I'm assuming you don't know what it is. I've never heard of that. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. <laughs> But, yeah, so it's too bad. I, I do hope, I hope they get some of this money somehow. I doubt they will. I mean, whenever you see something kind of like this happens in esports, they don't, no one gets their money back because that, that organization is going to fall apart. There's no money behind it anymore. They're smart enough that they can't go after their personal accounts. Like, this is just going to be an out-of-pocket for all those guys, which hurts some of the smaller orgs. The bigger orgs will be fine that are making millions and millions of dollars, but it's still not great for them. 
But I guess kind of moving on from that to a, something a little bit more fun and something that we've been begging for for a very long time on this show. The Guangzhou, right? Yeah, Guangzhou. Spark. I get the Chinese teams messed up. Kate? Guangzhou. Guangzhou. Yeah. The Guangzhou Spark team name has been announced. So we knew it was a finger gun. That was kind of leaked. We've talked about that before. But what was most important and what I think Hope Dillon might appreciate a little bit is the color scheme. They have been announced to be this cotton candy pink and a cotton candy blue. Like, it is just that bright pink and blue. I absolutely love the colors. Um, and this brings us to having four of the six expansion teams finally being announced. Um, we're still waiting on Washington, D.C., and we're still waiting on uh, Vancouver. Both of these teams really haven't said much. I think D.C.'s kind of teased a little bit like, oh, we have big things coming soon, but no release dates or anything kind of like that. Yeah, no, no, no big dates on D.C. Vancouver has been absolutely silent, so. So... We aren't going to talk too much about what we think about the team or logo, kind of what we do some of the other expansion teams, because we have announced kind of our project rankings series. Um, we're doing uh, three videos of six teams for each, the Pacific Atlantic expansion teams, all going through our impressions and rankings of the logos, their merchandise, um, and their team names. So we're going to kind of hold that off because that will be coming up in a uh, couple weeks and you'll be able to get us here, us fighting, ranting, doing way stupid things like that. It's been really fun and some of my favorite stuff we put out. So Those are some thick episodes too. They are. Like we go in depth. I mean, they're about an hour long. They're equivalent to this podcast, but we get down, we get dirty. It is fun. So we hope you guys enjoyed that. I'll be on a couple weeks. So we aren't going to talk too much about our full impressions of it, but a pink team has been anchored. Kate complained about this so much last week. I ranted a little, a little bit about it last week for you and the Cherry Blossoms. But we finally had a real color. But this probably does spell the fail, the not the failure, but the the end of the hope for the Cherry Blossoms. Not yet. I, I'm you think still be, I don't think there'll be two on. pink teams. Can we talk I'm about that? Do you think there's a chance there's two pink teams? We're going to hold on to the announcement. I'm going to keep that ounce of hope in my heart. Do, okay, and then one last thing. Do we think Vancouver's is going to go with a generic color scheme, a red and a white or something kind of like that for Canada, or do you think they're going to make a bold uh, color? I think Vancouver is either going to like explode the scene and be like the best branding and most unique branding out there, or they're going to be one of the most generic. They're going to be uh, Toronto-defiant levels. And I feel like that's how Washington, D.C. is going to be too. If I'm being honest, they're going to be red, white, and blue, or they're going to be something extremely unique. They're going to be super safe, and the justice, it makes sense, or they're going to be something bold, colors, and because they seem Washington, D.C. has a good team behind them, they seem to do it, so hopefully, whoever, I don't know who's backing, I don't remember off the top of my head, is like, go bold, and they let that go, or they're like, we get our money back if we go red, white, and blue. So, it'll be curious, hopefully we're talking about those last two teams a little bit, Next week, Thanksgiving, maybe not because they're both American teams or kind of North America teams. So we'll see. But when they go live, we will tweet about it. We will talk about it. Do You you guys do not need to worry. But with that, I'm going to hand it off to you for whatever we're talking about next because I still don't have the outline open, but I know it's your turn. Talk. Yeah, so it officially got announced that um, fighting games player infiltration is going to be removed from Panda Global. Um, so this is a pretty big announcement because there was some allegations brought up uh, 
about him a couple i think at this point it's been like a month month and a half ago it's been a, it's been a while um but essentially some court documentations were kind of dug up and it was found that he was uh you know he was found to be a, like an abusive spouse and as soon as this happened things exploded and it was really weird and muddled because it was like the korean court system and like people were working with translations and stuff and it was it was just a big mess and so since then uh panda global basically said we're gonna do our due diligence we're gonna dig into this we're gonna find out what's going on and like every week or so they would just put out the same announcement hey we're we're looking into this we're gonna figure out what's going on and then finally uh, i think it was just two days ago or so they were yeah. like okay we found sufficient evidence this is this this all this stuff happened um you know infiltration you know was in trouble with the law for domestic abuse we're releasing them from panda global and i guess capcom was talking with infiltration and he was suspended for two years from capcom cup uh like they're there so score. not even two years so he's suspended for the remainder of 2018 and all of 2019 Okay, and in yeah, the, I, I guess a year and a, a year and a month. Yeah, a year and a couple months. And in the thing, it was like, uh, by his agreement, as if yeah, he had a choice. It, it, yeah, I mean, he didn't really have a choice, but he, like, he was talking. He accepted it, yeah, like, he was having an open discussion, at least, about it. Like, the article wasn't super clear about how that was, but they made some kind of statement that, like, he did have some say in it to an extent. Like, obviously, he's getting suspended no matter what, but he's like, this is, hopefully, he's like, this is a fair punishment. Hopefully, he's kind of like I've clearly screwed up. Like, this is a fair punishment, and hopefully, yeah. it's kind of the rehab, or maybe he's like they're just saying that because he's like he signed it on a piece of paper. Yeah, and I think at this stage in esports and where fighting games is within esports, I feel like he is done, which really? is a really good thing because in, I I feel like he's he's probably done with it. Um, I know in the past. There was a couple fighting game players who did pretty heinous things as well, who kind of made a comeback, but the community still always kept bringing those things up. Like, hey, do you remember when you were a total garbage human being? That's true. Um, but but they, they would always still show up to tournaments and stuff like that. But I think with with everything being at this level, he's not going to be able to find a team. He's, he's probably going to be extremely embarrassed, and he should be really embarrassed to, to even enter these tournaments anymore because he did a really shitty thing. And, you know, I, I, I think what's going to be unfolding is definitely good for the scene just to make sure that, you know, things like this aren't acceptable. You know, you need to keep your nose clean. You need to be an upstanding citizen, so to speak, uh, to be in this community. Yeah, and, and I think it's different. I mean, it'd be less like, oh, well, some people still come back from um kind of scenarios where um like adrian peterson kind of had that whole thing and there's like there's been a lot of ones in traditional sports where people have come back from these heinous things i don't think that's great either but especially when it's online i mean you got to think the difference between traditional sports culture and esports culture you can you will never escape that when you're playing in esports because everything's online you are constantly and there's always those people that'll keep bringing that up and it will besmirch whatever team's name Versus there's still going to be people pissed about in traditional sports, but that base is so big and it's not as vocal and persistent and trolly as a lot of the internet is, is that teams don't feel that hit when they're a big NFL team. But a little esports organization, Panda Global, some kind like that, they would get those constant attacks. And like, 
I, I agree that not only because of what he did, he should be out of the scene, but also teams can't take the chance on him, even if he did, did reform, kind of like what Tyler One did or whatever, kind of like that. It wasn't the same, but like, even if he just confirmed, like, I reformed, everything's good, I took anger management, those trolls will never go away, and that team will have to, like, factor that in majorly if they ever even want to take a chance on him because of how esports and internet culture is, which pretty much confirms his retirement, more or less. Yeah. And a year and, and a half from being out of the tournament scene is a long time, too. Yeah, it is definitely a long time. And I just, like, wanted to just circle back and talk about Panda Global. They were extremely transparent with this, and I think that's really good. It just really shows that they're a really good organization, and they really did their due diligence on all their players. And they have a pretty strong brand, and I think it's a good brand, and I'm, I'm happy with the way that they handled this. Um, a lot of teams would have just, at the, the the first sight of any sort of news, they would have just immediately just either um, not said anything about it or just completely detached themselves from the player. Um, but it seemed like they really were working hard with Capcom and like the Korean law system to actually figure figure what's go figure out what's going on, especially with all the the mistranslation and all that. So, yeah, and I feel like even so, we've been doing this for a little over a year. It's been like a year and a month now since we started doing this podcast. I feel like in that year, we've seen more of a trend towards that. I feel like we don't see even this. I feel like the industry as a whole has grown a lot in terms of transparency. And these kind of money problems are still there. And obviously the H1Z1 League is a very big example of kind of one happening. And But you don't see it anymore. I feel like right when we started, we'd hear all the horror stories about team houses, people not getting paid, all these contracts going awry. Like, these are a little more far and in between. And when they do happen, teams are much more transparent about it. Panda Global did an amazing job. And something when I read the article, I did pick up on that, how willing and talking they were, which is super important. But also, as a whole, you see a lot of teams being more open, and I think it's becoming more required for teams to be open, and that you're not kind of allowed to get by kind of being a little more closed door, as it had been at least at the start of the last year, or two, three years ago when I really started following esports. It seemed to be a lot more of that, and now it seems you're kind of held to a higher regard, which I am happy to see, and I think Panel Global did an amazing job. I don't know how they could have better handled it, and Capcom, Capcom did the same thing. I mean... They didn't do anything until after Panda Global did kind of their own personal research. Maybe they could have done their own as well, but I'm not going to hold them to that, to searching into the history of every single player. I mean, they're Capcom. They have a lot going on. Like, that could be a lot to ask, but I'm happy they took action, and I'm happy kind of overall with how transparency is kind of going. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's all I really had to say about it. Uh, yeah. is, there, is there anything you want to talk more about this, or do you want to move on to next? No, yeah, I, I think I think moving on. I don't think I have anything more. I can, I kind of made my little tangent point of how I'm happy about growth in the industry, but I don't really have much else to talk about this. And so before we move on to the next topic, do you want to do you want to chill out a little bit, bro? You want me to chill out, or you want to take a chance? No, no, this? no, go for it, go for it. <laughs> you do it well. Um, just as always, um, I kind of mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're kind of blowing through topics already. I thought I'd be a little farther. But again, if you do have Amazon Prime, you do have Twitch Prime. And even if you are a podcast listener, a YouTube listener, you're not watching right now, if you're podcast, pull over your car, open up the Twitch browser, connect your Amazon Prime account, and go to our page and subscribe to the channel. It means the world to us. We'll go out of our way to shout you out. We'll do whatever we can for you. It really does make a difference for us because it tells everyone upstairs. You like what we do. It helps us out a lot and makes us feel good because we do everything we do is for you guys. 
So if you subscribe to us, if you follow us on Twitter, anything kind of like that, that reassures us that makes us want to keep doing more content. We're doing the Project Ranking series because we're starting to get better numbers. People are interacting with us. People are saying that they're enjoying our content. So the more you tell us you like us, the more possibility of me and Dylan moving out to California, living in a house together, and just making content full-time gets closer and closer with each and every single follow or subscribe. So it does mean the world to us. But that's my little shill. Now I'll hand it back over to you to kind of talk a little bit more news. Yeah, so I'm going to switch the topic order up a little bit. Okay. Um, and... We're just going to go into another, I guess, a little bit of a kind of a downer. A little like this is just bad stuff in esports before we we end it on a more happy note. Um, So recently, um, there was a swatter who actually got um, sentenced to 20 years in jail, which is a lot, but it's definitely a good thing. So basically what happened is he presided in um, Wichita, Kansas is where he was from. And he swatted someone on Twitch. And what does swatted mean for anyone that would be listening and don't know what it means? Yeah, so essentially it's where um, someone calls up the police and they say there's a hostage situation at this person's house. And whenever you say there's a hostage situation, it puts them on like the highest alert. And it's called swatting because literally they get the SWAT team in. They like break down your door and stuff. And it's all just a get get at the person i guess and essentially what happened is uh this person you know the the police broke in and killed him which is terrible it's literally the worst outcome you could have had with this situation happen and they actually were able to trace him down they traced him down to figure out who called in the swatting which never happens it's it's very very rare um that that ever happened so this is definitely a good thing and hopefully this deters a lot of squatters because I know over the past two years, it's actually been a really, really big, like big deal, and a lot of popular Twitch streamers have this happen to them. Yeah, and incredibly scary for for Twitch streamers out there because you know the the first reaction you have if someone were to like break down your door would be either one you'd be just too scared to do anything, or two to you know try to fight back. Yeah, kind of jump like, up and like. Yeah, because like someone's trying to break into your into your place, and if if something like that happens and it's the police, like terrible situations like this can happen. Um, but yeah, so that's basically all the information. Obviously, not going to give out his name or any more details about him because don't want to give this person any more recognition because yeah. that's terrible. Um, but yeah, what do you what do you think about this? Do you think hopefully this kind of trend is going to start dying down soon since? people know now that there's repercussions for their actions i mean you'd have to hope so and think so that's kind of the first thing i was going to say like when i got the chance before you kind of asked that question is that like hopefully this deters it i mean a lot of people troll online they say rude things they're the way that they are online or do things such as that because they feel like they're untraceable and that there's going to be no repercussions this kind of shows that there can be repercussions i mean i haven't heard of a swatting case in a while now and i feel like that's that was a kind of a trend for like a couple like three to six months there i feel like that was a trend where i saw a couple people doing it but i don't know you're probably looking it up right now seeing it's happened recently but i haven't heard it happening much so hopefully that kind of horrible trend was already kind of going away but that should definitely put it away i mean 20 years is a lot but deserved i mean i mean if you think about it i mean it's a citizen murder it's something kind of like that like you are the reason another person died so 20 years is a fair amount i mean 
saying it like that over, I mean, just because of Twitch streams. Like, I think when I read the article, it was because they just got, like, an online feud or something kind of like that. It's how this all started. He went to his Twitch channel, backtracked his IP, and kind of did that. Like, first off, it shows be nice to everyone online because any psychopath could find your IP one way or another, do this to you. So be extremely careful what you say online. That's another thing why. Just always be nice to people online, even if they're idiots. Just don't say anything if they're being idiots. Just ignore them, block them, anything kind of like that. Because it's not worth it. I mean, it's horrible, but bad things happening just because of what you say is coming more and more popular nowadays. So just not saying things. Just ignoring people. Just not egging people on will increase your safety, one. So just don't do that. And two... Swatting is dumb. This should stop that. I mean, I, I would, I mean, not that I ever thought about it too, but if I saw someone else do it in like 20 years of prison, like, is this really worth it? Like, if over an online fight or something kind of like that. So, I don't know. It's great. Yeah. I'm happy to see the article in a sad kind of way, but. Yeah, it's sad that the news is coming back up, but it's good that, you know, there's repercussions for it. After so long, too. Like, that they did not just drop this. Like, you'd think, I'd think it was two years later. Like, usually, like, usually these cases would not last two years. But they made sure to keep pushing it for two years. And I think that makes a bigger point, is that eventually they will try to get you. Like, if you try now and you think you'll get away, that they'll keep trying, hopefully, for a couple of years until they get you. Yeah. But. So, I guess moving on to a little bit more of a positive note. Uphill battle. Um, yeah. If you want to go to... Uh... If you if you want if you want the full comments on this next article, check out check out my my own personal podcast, Beal Talk. Um, but because I'll, I'll, I'll keep it I'll keep it I'll keep it even kiltered for for just us. But uh, the U.S. Army is getting into esports, um, which is weird, sorta. I mean, it it makes sense because there's a lot of younger people who are into esports, and this is a way for them to connect with kids um, and try to up recruitment. And so the way they're trying to do this is they're getting into games like Fortnite. They're getting into games like Madden, basically just trying to field tournaments. They'll field tournaments and just get their name out there. I know one of the big things they did was actually with Street Fighter. Um, they had like a Street Fighter tournament for people in the army. Um, and they did qualifiers and stuff. And the best ones from all the different bases um, met at, I think it was PAX West, actually. And they had the finals for that which I think that kind of internal tournament is really cool because there's a lot of people who play games in the military and that's a that's a big morale booster in the military. So to see those kinds of things is really interesting. And uh, before before I go into your comments about this, um, I have a, a fun little story that's kind of bizarre. I had a friend who grew up in Philly and he actually used to go down to the U.S. Army recruiting station like when he was younger, just like a teenager, yeah. and play in Gears of War tournaments. <laughs> he put on like these small local Gears of War tournaments just because a local recruiting, uh, like, like place just thought it would be a way to get younger people in, and so he would just go down there, just play Gears of War in these tournaments, which That's is awesome. really weird. Huh? No, but I mean, we have talked about this like a way while back too. We talked about them just sponsoring things and such like that. But like now they're kind of taking the next level. They're getting involved. They're organizing their own. I mean, I, I agree. It makes sense. Kind of the target demographic for what a military recruit would be. I mean, that sounds kind of weird. That's business talk. But like the people you want recruiting are 
likely to be interested in video games. It's that 15 to 24 year old males. I think that's a primary dom demographic of like all esports. So, I mean, it hits right on. I mean, I think it's a great way to kind of open that conversation. I mean, I, I'm personally not one to ever go in the military, but if you're kind of on the edge or if you're in a situation and if going down playing a Gears tournament and having a more natural conversation with the recruiter and not feeling as pressured because you're kind of playing games while doing stuff like that, like, if that works and if that gets people interested and it's a better way rather than just kind of the old traditional, like, recruitment strategy, that's awesome. I mean, if they're finding a way to integrate all this, they see the importance in it, I mean... I, I don't know if you're on the board with this. Like, I think it's a great idea. I'm, I'm curious to see what you say. I, I think from uh, a marketing perspective, they are making the correct decision to do what they... But? Oh, I don't, I don't think this should be happening in esports. I don't, I don't want to see. Because uh, it's uh, kind of weird and predatory to me. Okay. Uh, this kind of recruitment strategy, it's really weird, and I don't like it. Um, but that's my personal thoughts on it. I'd rather not see the military integrated with this, um, trying to recruit people through video games. I think it's really weird. And I don't like it at all. So I, I get what you're trying to say there, but like, it's still very obvious. I mean, it's it's called what I call it the U.S. Army Street Fighter Tournament. I mean, it's uh, it's obvious, but also not obvious. So yeah, they're putting the name on it, but they're. Um, they're kind of i i don't know i don't know the correct term of it but they're they're uh kind of putting like a like a good putting it into a really good light and like uh you know shining it up a little bit when presenting it to people who are really young and kind of susceptible uh especially if you're into a certain video game and you know there's not a lot of people well i mean this is a trend that's definitely changing now but especially when i was growing up there wasn't a lot of people in real life that I knew that were into esports who liked a lot of the same games as I did. A lot of the people I knew who liked these games were online. Yeah. And so if you have trouble connecting in real life with people who enjoy your hobbies and the only thing that you see really connecting with it is like the military, okay. you're gonna you're gonna latch onto that a little bit more. And I think I think that's definitely a strategy that they're employing, which I mean from 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 the perspective of a recruiter this is exactly what you want to do it's the same exact thing with a normal advertiser that's the reason why a lot of these big companies are getting into esports because they want to market their product right um if you're putting monster energy associated with esports people are going to see it and they'll go oh like maybe i'll go out and get a monster or whatever and i know it's a bigger leap to from just buying a monster out of so, sort to just enjoying an eight-year uh, contract <laughs> Yeah, but there there is there there is a logical progression there. Yeah, um, and it definitely puts that branding of the military in a, in a good light. Which I I, I understand what you mean, but that. I mean you see it with in traditional sports as well. I mean, are you not a are you not a fan of it there either? I mean, sure they're not I mean, maybe hosting little. Yeah, so I guess for me it's just kind of what I don't know. I guess I've never really had much of an opinion. I've really never had much experience with recruiters or anything kind of like that. I guess one of my roommates um, actually just got deployed. Um, so I mean, I had that experience kind of there. But, like, personal experience, I, I don't have much. And, like, when I see, like, the U.S. Army Bowl or, like, um, the Army versus Navy Bowls and all that kind of stuff. Or when the games were on aircraft carriers and stuff kind of like that. Like, 
to me, I, I never made those kind of assumptions. I never made, I've never made those personal jumps. I guess that may just kind of be because I've maybe not been acceptable. I had a very good upbringing. Like I was always very fortunate. So I never had to think about that kind of connection. I never made that jump. So that may be where my disconnect is coming from. Um, I don't know. I don't know too much about how you're growing up or anything kind of like that. So maybe we had different experiences with that and you would have been more likely to do that. But for me, I never, I've never made that connection. Um, so that's why I feel like this is, if this does get someone that would be willing, I mean, just because you sit down at a Gears tournament and you're somewhat interested, I feel like there has to be a lot more going on in your life than just playing a couple Gears tournament to really want to make that full jump because it is such a big commitment. And I hope they'd make that clear. Now, I, you, you would think, you would think that could be the situation. Um, but especially when you have recruitment offices in lower income areas, sure. this is definitely something that is seen, you know, you're like, oh, this, this is, you know, someone who came by and is playing video games with us and it paints them in such a good light. And then when the person who's painted in good light presents an option that seems good to you, you're going to grab onto it because there's, because the more uh, negative associations that are eliminated off of that branding, the more likely you would be to go towards it. All right. Yeah, I guess I I don't know if we're going to come to a conclusion. I do understand all the points you're making, and I am leaning more towards your side. But I think we'll have need to have a very long kind of conversation to really get to that because I don't have this. We definitely have very different perspectives based on that. There was not a recruiting station in my hometown. I um there was very I think maybe like once every couple months at our high school there was an army recruiter. Like I had very little interaction with that growing up. So I, I don't have that same experience. So I feel like we didn't have a very long conversation to go before we get to anything. I understand oh, yeah. your points, but I, I, I don't know where to go without going into the Beal Talk episode and sitting down for an hour and talking this through and kind of getting both viewpoints out of the way. Are you okay with that? Or do you have a couple more things oh, you want no, to say? No, 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 no. That's, that's, th- this conversation went uh, deeper into where I think it was going. So I'm, I'm perfectly content. Perfect. Which leaves just one last news story for today, am I correct? Uh, yeah, one last one. Yeah, so I just want to make sure that I wasn't cutting you off because I still don't have the outline open. But um, we talked about the H1Z1. I did this on purpose. I talked about the H1Z1 show at the top of the show of a failure. And now I want to kind of go over to a league that's actually had kind of success. And we didn't talk about this. We really don't talk about this too much at all on the show except for James occasionally. But I want to talk about the Rainbow Six Pro League or ESL, Rainbow Six, whatever the official title of all that kind of is, but it's been having real success. I mean, they've had a couple of seasons. Um, the numbers have been going up. I think at one point over the last weekend, it was the number one eSport, actually, um, for the finals of a one-of-the-year tournaments and stuff like that. Like They have been having real numbers. People have been coming out, and it's been growing. The game in general has been growing. But now they're taking it even further to help the eSports team and kind of the eSports side. So they have now announced that they are going to be putting in branded skins for all of the organizations that are part of the league. And then they're going to do a revenue sharing system where 30% of it is going to be going towards the esports team. An undisclosed amount is going towards the prize pool of the league. And then even more of it is going, um, then the rest of it will go towards um, Ubisoft, who develops the game. So first off, I think that's awesome. And then secondly, they have brought on PayPal as a sponsor for the I think the remaining of the events through 2018 and a couple of 2019 events which is also very awesome. I think this is 
as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't seen PayPal invested in any other esports league up to this point. I think this is one of their first investments. I think that's a very rec- yeah. recognizable name to go along with it. And I think that's just really awesome to kind of see the two sides of a coin. I mean, I think probably H1Z1 and uh, Rainbow Six Siege probably came out not too far apart from each other. And you can kind of see the two sides of how to run one league correctly, one that's doing really well, and the H1Z League that is now officially dead. So what do you think about all this, kind of from the little bit you read up on it and just kind of from your experiences with it? Yeah, so I know we talked about this quite a while ago whenever the league was first being announced and we really saw Rainbow Six turn around in terms of being an eSport. I think this is really awesome. So first of all, Ubisoft, they had no no big experience in the eSports game before no, this. No, this. this is their first one. Yeah, and I think what they did with Rainbow Six has been amazing. They they perfectly captured what it means to go into the esports scene and be successful. Now, they had a really rough start with their game. The, the game overall had a really rough start, but they really turned it around. You know, they, they patched the game. They did a lot of really great things to make the game solid. And then from there, they marketed it as an esport super, super, super well. They did things like the revenue sharing, which is amazing i i love this i I absolutely love it i think it's really great whenever you want to support a team and it directly goes into that they did in-game um like the 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 skins are in-game so you have that direct connection in the game itself to the esport and on top of that they marketed it super well especially at like collegiate players i know they partnered with a ton of different schools and we, we talked about this a couple months ago yeah and they have promotional weekends all the time with with different colleges and they're constantly getting their name out there and they're constantly sending them gear and stuff like that just to hype up the game and it's been awesome i think yeah i i have i think every esport that isn't by blizzard or riot should take this approach because not i mean ubisoft has a lot of money but they're not the experienced or they have the money as far as i know at least on the esports side as blizzard or riot like they pretty much did this grassroots up, as much grassroots as a big company can do. They did it naturally, they started small, they kept supporting they kept supporting it, they grew the fan base um, regularly and kind of over time, and they've taken, time, they've taken a couple years to get to this point. But it is now getting to a point where it's self-sustaining, they're taking more steps, and it was number one game over Fortnite on Twitch. I mean, that's a big deal whenever that is going on, even for big events. I mean, you can see even... Overwatch matches and stuff kind of like that still be under Ninja and things such as that. So having a top Fortnite for even a little bit of time is a really great thing. I think Ubisoft's done a great job at taking this time. You look very perplexed, though, so what do you... Now, I'm just wondering what the next huge step forward is going to be because they did a lot of really interesting things. I really like the uh, spectator mode that they did. The spectator mode is really, really good for any sport, and... It's not an easy thing to capture, obviously, with Overwatch. We saw that kind of a hard thing to to pin down. I think they pin it down super well, especially for how the eSport plays out. And I'm really excited. I want to see more of what they do because this is actually a different eSport. It doesn't function the same way as a lot of other eSports do. There's a lot of really cool mechanics in in Rainbow Six I really like, and I think it's interesting. I I definitely want to see this stay in eSports and and keep keep going further because it's a cool game. So I guess I don't know how much... I mean, it's a league. I don't think they're doing tournaments. I mean, do we ever see this, like, being the full kind of franchise league? We always ask, like, this is something that I think we need to have a debate on one day. Like, 
they are got to a point where should they franchise to the extent of the Overwatch League? Should they start following that, the NALCS? I mean, should that be the method that, should that be what their future goal is? Or should they try to stay at what they're at, keep growing how they are now? Or should they try to make that big leap saying, we've had success. We've grown naturally over the two years. The numbers are picking up. Let's get that big money investment, throwing a ton of money at it and try to push for something as big as Overwatch League or the equivalent. Now, I definitely want to have a long discussion about this some other time. Okay. About whether franchising is good all the time, whether you should always be aiming for the Overwatch League system or not. My short answer is no. Okay. I don't think so. I don't think you need to move to that. I don't think that sh- that's that's not the the peak goal. I think franchising isn't the the top tier of what you need to get to to eventually evolve into like the the full on esport. I think it's a path. And I think Rainbow Six is doing great. They need to keep going on that path and keep doing what they're doing. I think it's perfectly fine. No, I definitely agree. I've always been a, comp- a big proponent of franchising. I think it works great. Like, I'm happy to see Call of Duty doing it. I think Overwatch worked well. I think um, for League of Legends, I think it does well. I don't think it needs to do here. And I think franchising, throwing big money at it, may backfire a little bit for how they've been kind of growing. Because they've been doing it all naturally, and I don't know if they're a big enough name or player base or anything kind of like that. If, if you just suddenly dump $20 million on top of it, if it's going to grow exponentially. Call of Duty, there's that player base. There's that many people that have played Call of Duty. The name recognition, it's there. If you dump a ton of money on it, start promoting it like crazy, there's a good chance that you're going to get that because of the name recognition. Or Overwatch even, or League of Legends. Like They had those player base, they had the number, they had the money. I don't feel like Rainbow Six has that same kind of background that it'd work as well, so I definitely agree. And for every eSport, it does not need to be at that level. Um, I think a baby level of that, or some kind of flex system, like a flex kind of format that works with what you're doing, but still has the team-based. And I think the splits and things such as that do work well, but I don't think it needs to be the full franchise league every single time. I think it works well for some games, and like the H1Z League, uh, H1Z1 League, it doesn't quite work as well, so... But anything else on that? I mean, I guess the PayPal, more investments, more money going in. Like, there's not much we talk about that. I feel like every week we leave out so many investments in the esports because they're just coming in so quickly. I just kind of threw it in there because we we're talking about the Rainbow One Six League already. But it's it's crazy how much investment is getting in. I, I do love to see that. That's something we've seen change in the last year too. Kind of looking back in almost a year in review. The investors and the amount of money that's getting invested now versus a year ago, I mean, you see why it's the in like esports as a whole is growing so quickly and more people are talking about it and it's getting on ESPN because the money going in is ridiculous compared to a year ago. Yeah, definitely. But with that, it's kind of a short show today. I think we kind of blew through a lot of the articles. Is there any random topics you want to talk about? Anything you want to dive in? Any. Um, traditional rants you have i don't know it's been a weird week we haven't fought over anything really just because it's i don't know it's weird it's been a pretty short news we we reached a little bit and nothing big news breaking either yeah i don't know (laughs) um i I don't have any big topics really to to talk about um i guess just some personal things that i think are is kind of interesting so i just started working um some local events in dc and the events I've been working recently have been Minecraft tournaments. 
which what? I've been learning all about. I remember you saying that. Wild. You were like, I remember, yeah, I've seen your message. Like, I, I, um, it was like on a Sunday or something. Like, I'll be away from computer all day running a Minecraft tournament. And I literally thought it was a typo. No, it's it's been really, really weird. So they do this tournament called, like, City Champs. And so essentially what it is is different cities compete against each other um, in Minecraft tournaments. And it's and it, it's basically like a bunch of, like, mini games. And it's been really cool. We had the event at some, like, a local movie theater. So, like, and of course it's Minecraft. So, like, everyone playing is, like, a, like a younger kid. Everyone's, like, 9 to 12 years old. So the team comes in. And they just sit in the movie theater and they're they're playing on their laptops and stuff and on the the screen you actually get to see the game being like streamed and stuff and it's it's so crazy so they have a couple different game modes so there's like a like a team deathmatch death like like mode there's there's soccer they play soccer against each other in minecraft yeah. and then there's one that's payload which it's just it's just overwatch essentially over they have to move the payload along it's insane it's wild um because it's just a bunch of mini games within minecraft and people are like let's do this as an esport and i've i've had zero experience before this so it was really cool and really interesting and my favorite part about it is that all the kids coming in always have parents who come in with them and they like the parents cheer them on and stuff and that's awesome it's really cool to see supportive parents that's been my absolute favorite part about it is to see supportive parents behind you know esports yeah. Okay. I guess for anyone, um, like podcast listener, or anything kind of like that, we're not going through much more news. So if you're just here for news, you can go off now. But I think I just want to talk about this. I want to kind of talk about these small events and like I think I love hearing about that. I love hearing the parents coming in supporting. I definitely feel like parents are becoming more supportive because that first generation of kind of the more hardcore gamers and having their systems and growing up with systems are now kind of starting to become parents. You start seeing these people, and I think your gener our generation. I guess we're pretty. We're not that far off in age. Our generation, when we get to be parents, we're going to be the same kind of way and much more supportive. I see that coming over. Minecraft. <laughs> I went hard on Minecraft in high school. I was obsessed with Minecraft. It was. I put so much hours into it. So I love to see that. But I I don't know if it's ever... It's never going to be a big eSport. It's never going to be oh, no, anything no, like no. that. But I love the idea of these competitions, these mini-games. Getting people into competitive gaming, though. Because, like, when us, we had... I had Halo tournaments. I had little Madden tournaments. I had little Gears tournaments. I had all that kind of stuff in my little town, even though there wasn't much going on. We had one little GameStop. That's really that ran everything. And, I mean, if you're in a bigger city, maybe you can get to some of these. But, like, having these small events for Minecraft, everyone knows what Minecraft is. Everyone has a device that can play Minecraft, and you can get into that, and that gets you interested. And you start, it's baby's first steps into eSports. I love seeing that more than anything. And how, I want to know how you got roped into this, though. Like, it, just getting it was more involved. Just, kind of a, just, just someone I knew from from the collegiate days messaged me and said like, "Hey, do you know anyone in DC that wants to help out with these tournaments?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm in DC. I'll help out with the tournaments." So it, it was just like a kind of like a random little connection that that came back. But it's 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 been really interesting and something I thought was really cool about it is that a lot of these kids they just play Minecraft and they just that's that's what they do after school and that's how they kind of got into it. But what was really interesting is they were talking between a match just very casually about like Overwatch esports. Really? Like just very casually just talking about like Overwatch. And I thought that was really interesting because maybe this is the demographic we were talking about a while ago that watches Overwatch League on like Disney XD. I mean, someone has to. I mean, 
there has to be numbers for it to keep being played on there. I mean, I know there's a contract and stuff kind of like that, but they had to see a potential of that doing well there. That people, and I, I that's awesome. <laughs> if they are actually, people are sitting down and watching it, like on Disney XD and getting into that, and that's a great way. And again, if Overwatch and Minecraft, and that's what gets you into esports, like I don't care how you get into it or where you watch it. Like if you're taking those first steps, especially so young, like that is amazing. I love to hear. And that's why you see people on r slash esports saying, hey, how do I start a high school high school esports team? I see that post once every two weeks at least, if not a couple more times. You start seeing people not only learning those valuable skills from playing sports and anything kind of like that, of starting your own little organization and tournaments and stuff like that. Like, you can learn all the same skills from traditional sports, except for maybe being as in good a shape. Uh, but you can do everything else in esports as well. I mean, you can learn those same skills, that same commitment, that same drive, by doing these same things and getting them started young and seeing that there is routes to and hopefully understanding that they don't just have to be a pro player but you can do everything else too like i love hearing about that and i gave you like i was kind of giving shit and like kind of making fun of it a little bit i'm like why are you working a minecraft tournament but thinking more about it like if that's what gets if that's what gets the next generation of like us these just people passionate about esports wanting to talk about it just into it all the way like i don't care what they're playing if that gets you into it yeah and i i I think we're gonna start seeing a lot of small exposures to esports now so this is something that's really small that exposes kids to esports and not only just that but just seeing it on tv casually and there's a huge casual market for esports now where people follow it you know just like a like a lot of people out there who follow sports casually you know you might watch a couple games here and there there is that audience now and it's it's really cool that it's definitely emerging especially with this next generation so just i always love doing this i've almost feel like an interview a little bit like this kind of from your little experience and stuff kind of like that like you've had you've had a lot more experience than i have with kind of little esports events or anything kind of like that because at least where i'm going to school not much is going on i can maybe go over to madison where there might be some milwaukee might be some but like if someone did want to make their own little event like what's just one or two basic tips that like from your um, experience or from you that even the Minecraft tournament that you kind of saw worked well. If so, if anyone wants to get involved locally, I would say just start looking. A lot of times, if you just type in esports, whatever your town is, or like a maybe a close by city, or just search for the game that you really enjoy in that city to see if there's anyone there. A lot of times, there's Facebook groups. A lot of times, uh, there's organizations that come in and, and put on tournaments locally. And if you can't, just start it up. It, it's it's really easy just to do it yourself. So if you're doing a viewing party for something, just ask a couple bars if it's okay. If you know you come in and, and have it on the TV, just say that you want to try to bring people in and just have a small viewing for it. And a lot of times the bar will say, yeah, obviously bring people in. Uh, they, they want people to come in and, and, and be there at that bar and order food and stuff like that. So doing that kind of stuff is really easy. And from there, it's just posted about it on Facebook. Look for, you know, go to, I think it's like meetup, like meetup.com. Is yeah, like meetup.com. Group. Yeah, go on there see if there's any groups there or start a group up on there and just, you know, there's there's a lot of free ways to post about it. And just the easiest way to do is just start it. You just start it and it's a big snowball of like effect, especially since it's something small and local because you tell your friends about it, you and your friends show up and then friends of friends show up. And then someone sees about it on Facebook 
and then they show up and the neighboring friends and then it just snowballs and eventually you have a scene you have a you have a community right there and that's how basically every local community ever started was just you know a few people doing it and then it just snowballs from there and people hear about it that's awesome yeah i know that's that's something that i i wish i had more of an opportunity to kind of do like i got into it too late and I wish I would have. And that's something that even post-college, like, if I do move to a bigger city, I'm definitely going to look or do something myself. Because right now, like, no point in starting something in white water when I graduate in a month. But, like, wherever I move, like, I'd definitely love to get involved more, so. Or we just move out to California where there's always involvement. And we just get a house on the beach. We convince Jay. Well, James is already quitting his job. So he could just go to school out in California. Yeah, so do you know, um, do you know Take TV? What? So Take TV is like a he's a take oh i I guess that's his like a game name but he lives out in some european country i i think it's germany pretty sure it's germany and he used to do um this thing called home story cup of where he literally would invite starcraft players out to his house and actually have a big premiere tournament it the, the tournaments were huge they were the big like really really big tournaments and he would just run the StarCraft tournaments from his house in Germany. And he would have, like, all the best Koreans and stuff come out. And this was before IRL streaming. Yeah. So to have an event of where you could see all of the, like, famous pro StarCraft players together in a singular place interacting, like, socially was insane. Because you got to <laughs> see their personalities. So, like, he, he had, like, a, a grill and he would, like, they'd be, like, like, cooking, like, burgers and hot dogs and stuff like that. And uh they, they had like a couch like a like a like a caster couch and they would all like sit on there and just like talk and just like joke around and stuff and it was really awesome and we're gonna do that that's what we're gonna do i'm down we'll, yeah we'll just have this home that we invite people out to to, to play esports yeah someone fund the hundred thousand dollars for us to be able to afford living there without real revenue for a couple of months and that's all we need then the rest is oh. easy yeah, I'll I'll cook hot dogs and hamburgers for people, and we'll we'll all drink and and play esports. And I'll set up the couch. <laughs> that's about the most the I, I can Ikea contribute there. Huh? The futon. The IKEA futon. Yeah. Yes, that that's all you need. Yeah, couches are way last year. Now it's all about the futons. But Personal. with with that, I mean, we we spent a little bit of time there, kind of burning through a little bit of time there. But um, yeah, I think that'd be fun. And if you, I guess, yeah, if anyone did kind of listen and wants to hear kind of more about this or wants to hear more about the Beetle Cast. Like, just let us know. Otherwise, we just like talking esports. And I think that's why hopefully most of you listen to us. Yes, we kind of talk news, but we're really just here to talk esports, kind of give your opinion, our opinions, anything kind of like that. But any last kind of wrap-up comments on what we were just talking about? Any of the news stories or? No, I'm all good. You feel confident about the closing right now? Yeah, I do. I feel good. I feel like we're going to nail this. You feel like we're going to nail it? Well, let's see. Because thank you all very much for listening to the Project Esports podcast for November 19th, 2018. And we go live every single Monday at 6.30 Eastern Standard Time on Twitch.tv right here at The Game House. That's Twitch.tv slash The Game House. And then the following day, which is Tuesday, we have everything go up on podcasting platforms and on the game house's youtube so if you just search project esports podcast on any platform for podcasting whether that be spotify stitcher google play itunes podcast all of that you can find us there tuesday mornings whenever it goes up so you can have it just in time for your commute and again you don't need a job 
I saw, I saw you like kind of going there. Um, uh, oh my god, now you threw me off. Now I threw it off. My god. Um, you can find us on Twitter at the Esports Pod, T H E Esports P O D. Um, Facebook and Instagram is both Project Esports. And subscribing, following, liking, commenting on YouTube, even if just saying hello, it means the world to us. Any kind of interaction with us makes us love what we do even more and makes us feel better about what we put out because we do it all for you guys. So please interact with us whatever way. Leave that five-star review on iTunes. Uh, push that thumbs up on YouTube. Whatever and however you listen to it all means the world to us. But with that, thank you all so much for listening today. We will see you next Monday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time with a very special guest, so make sure to tune in. But until then, have a great night, and we will see you guys later.